0: this is the official capsure podcast proudly a part of the hockey podcast network every team everywhere what's going on caps fans it's me the hockey troll and i am back after a new year's holiday I hope you guys all had a great one didn't get too drunk or did and are still alive that's a good thing too um <clears throat> Got a lot of talk about today. We've got the World Juniors. We'll be covering a little bit of that. Um, a bunch of crazy league news that I think will be a little bit relevant to you. And, um, of course, we'll be talking about the Washington Capitals and the Washington Wraparound as per tradition. Next week, we'll be doing a Monday episode and a Thursday back episode back on, on the rails, if you will. Try to get some interviews lined up. Uh, And we'll be talking hockey and obviously the Washington Capitals. But for now, let's pop some tabs and get it started. One, two, three. All right. So let's open up with um, some World Juniors. Disappointing World Juniors news if you're an American like I am. Uh, The USA went undefeated in group play. They owned their group uh, in Group B. And then Czechia – Sorry, uh, was the winner of Group A as well, also going undefeated. Uh, that that group had Canada um, and Sweden, I believe in it. So like a lot of uh, a lot of competition there. Uh, Czechia has really come out of of somewhat nowhere. You know, obviously I don't I don't really follow like the international game as much, but <clears throat> you know, formerly known as the Czech Republic. They've always been a quality hockey program, obviously. Huge names have come out of the Czech Republic or now Czechia, like Jaromir Jagr, ever heard of that guy? Right, so lots of uh, talent was always coming out of that country, but uh, it's interesting to see how dominant they've been in this World Junior tournament. Um, They even beat Canada in the first game of uh, group play. So, you know, if anybody's going to take down the Giants, it's going to be – uh, Chechia. Unfortunately, the USA lost quite a controversial game just now. I just got done watching it uh, recording on Wednesday for a Thursday release. Uh, lost quite a controversial game against Canada. Punched their ticket to the gold medal. Uh, game 6-2 to two was the final score. It's pretty convincing until you talk about the controversy which erupted in the third as the USA had two goals called back for goal interference. The first one... Um, so international rules are or the IIHF for juniors and whatnot. the The, the goalie interference rules are much more strict. So basically, it reads any contact in the paint um, is uh, that that prohibits the goalie from doing his job. Obviously, that's always the fucking stupid ass caveat of this dumbass rule. Um, that that is obvious. That that qualifies as goalie interference, right? And in the first goal. Our player got pushed in. Uh, there was a loose puck in front. He did like a little spin uh, while being pushed and jammed it home. Uh, I I don't know. That, that's soft even for the NHL uh, buffoonery that happens on goalie interference in, in today's game, I feel. So that was kind of shitty, and that would have tied the game 3-3. Uh, the second one that was called off, the... Canadian team was up four to two. It was a jam play. The puck was under the goalie's pad for a split second as our player jammed the pad and the puck in the net. That is probably more of a solid goalie interference call, but it's heartbreaking and backbreaking either way. The reason that the second one's probably a little bit more legit is that you could argue that because the ref lost the puck as the puck was under the goalie, the goalie's pad, he had intent to blow, and the jam play just pushed the pushed the pad in. And as you know, you're not allowed to do that anymore in the NHL, and you're definitely not allowed to do that in the more stringent international rule of play for the IIHF. Um, yeah. So the first one would have would have tied it up at three. The second would have put the team within one USA within one. Um, if both counted, that would have t- the second one would have tied up the game in a four to six loss wouldn't have been as bad. I mean, it would still have been a loss, but it would have given a lot of momentum back to the USA team. It's definitely a brutal loss. And I fucking hate losing to Canada almost as bad as I hate losing to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, obviously tough loss though. The USA team gets to play uh, another couple days for the bronze and Canada versus Chichia will will decide gold and silver. Um, the U or uh, some moving back to the NHL though, some pretty interesting news out of Detroit where Jacob Verana was put on waivers and eventually cleared them earlier this season. We covered that he was going through the player's assistance program. Uh, he had shoulder surgery last season and missed like the majority of the season. I think it was 56 games. He came back after, uh, and, and then, and then so last season he had that surgery, came, uh, came back for two games this season and then admitted himself into the player assistance program. He did not divulge why he went in, but he stayed in for two months. Um, I don't think it's nice or really responsible for me to be, uh, I guess, speculating as to why he went in. But obviously having that surgery and then going back to the game and then going into player assistance program, he's really been... Kind of uh, not an asset, at least for the the Detroit Red Wings up to this point in the season and, and, and in his contract. Um, <clears throat> but in the sixth on December sixteenth, he did get back to Grand Rapids, which is Detroit's farm team. Uh, the Wings needed to do this to uh, the Wings wanted him to do a conditioning stint for a week. Verana requested another week as he's played like three games and hasn't registered a point in Grand Rapids. I think he just kind of wants to get his his conditioning back up, but also uh, maybe he's not happy in Detroit. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Again, there's a lot of things that you could speculate upon, uh, but that was something that Verona requested and the team said, okay, well then we're going to have to waive you. And if you clear waivers, you can stay for another week. When players come back from things like this, they only get a certain amount of time in which they can play in the AHL uh, before they have to, you know, basically adhere to their contract and Verona's contract was for an NHL player, not a two-way contract where you can send guys up and down kind of like um you know what we've done with a lot of our black aces. So uh no team ended up claiming him. If they did though, they would be stuck with the 5.25 million cap hit through 2023. Uh I think honestly, since knowing now that he cleared waivers, it's kind of a big brain move by Stevie Y. There, uh, he th- could see that nobody would probably want to be taking him. Uh, there's a lot of questions about his ability, considering he's missed almost a full season in the past two years. Um, you know, who knows what he's going to be like when he gets back to the NHL level? He was really expected to be the top goal goal getter for the Red Wings this season. Unfortunately, that just didn't happen. You know, that's a tough bounce for him. In any case, he's still with the Wings. He's still in that organization. Nobody claimed him off waivers. Uh, And honestly, uh, I hope that he has a, uh, you know, gets over what he's dealing with and and gets back to the NHL level because uh, he definitely deserves to be in the NHL. Um, And, you know, I guess we'll just leave it at that. Uh moving on though, <clears throat> the Winter Classic happened at Fenway and good god was it a fucking boring game, just boring and sloppy. The Bruins versus the Penguins. The Penguins are playing in like their third fucking Winter Classic. Um but luckily the Bruins beat them in overtime or beat them in regulation 2 to 1. Uh and anytime the Penguins lose it's a good day for hockey. I surprisingly though, it was the most watched regular season game on cable. Pretty smart of the league to schedule it when they did to avoid competition and, you know, hungover degenerates on New Year's Day, not being able to tune in uh, midday for a game. Uh, I've definitely been there. Uh, so good for the NHL. Good for the Bruins. Suck it, Penguins. Good stuff. More Winter Classic news, though. The Kraken will end up hosting the 2024 Winter Classic at the Mariner Stadium, which I think is like T-Mobile or something. Um they'll face the golden Knights in the battle of the expansion teams on, I guess, new year's day or, or, or close to, uh, I actually don't hate this matchup. I think it'll be fun to watch. Um, and we don't have to see the fucking penguins play another outdoor game get a bunch of fucking press and hear the dickhead announcers just stroking Sidney Crosby for noticing that Kapanen scored a goal. I mean, just stupid. So that's going to be the 2024, uh, Winter Classic in Seattle, that'd probably be a pretty fun fun game to attend. Uh, so, good stuff there. Moving on to the injuries in the NHL. Some uh, <clears throat> During that Winter Classic, staying in the Winter Classic vein, Tristan Jari was injured during this game and, and left. Uh, I don't really have an update on him. But not good for the Penguins. Um, but good for maybe the other teams that... <laughs> are battling it out in the Eastern Conference, which we're going to cover in depth here in a little bit. Jack Eichel, expected return against the Penguins. Let's hope that Vegas wins. Uh, I still hate the Penguins more than Vegas. So, you know, lots of Penguins news, it seems like. It's not a Penguins podcast, I promise. Very, very opposite thereof. But uh, Jack Eichel, expected return. Uh, The Vegas Knights are still leading their division. I think that, I mean, they're, they're... very favorited to go deep into the playoffs this year. And I think a lot of people maybe think that they're going to do something in the playoffs. I'm not convinced. I think that the cup is going to stay in the East, but you know, the Knights do have 54 points, which is second in the league only to the absolute fire wagon that Boston Bruins are with 62. So, Interesting news there. Hope Jack Eichel comes back and tears it up. Obviously, he finally escaped Buffalo. Maybe at the wrong time, to be completely honest. But uh, it was probably his time to leave, anyways. Considering he's now become a veteran in the league. So interesting stuff. We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens uh, with with the Vegas Knights. And in any case, it's going to be a good. It's good for that team to have a player of Jack Eichel's caliber back. So, <clears throat> you know. Speaking of having guys back and getting uh, getting some uh, good good odds on certain games, hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just five dollars pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot in even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Caps fans, let's talk about the Washington Capitals in today's Washington Wraparound. All right. Some really incredible and exciting news revolving around the two main players that we have on LTIR, Wilson and Backstrom. Neither player traveled with the team to Columbus, which is our next game but that's just a one, one off to Columbus and then back into DC for a two game homestand. People are saying, you know, sources close to the team are saying that back and and Wilson may both make their appearance back on the team at the same time. And it may be against Nashville and Columbus who we have right after, uh, we play them in Columbus, uh, at home. You know, these would be great games for them to come back to as well. Nashville and Columbus are both kind of bottom-dwelling teams. Should be very winnable games to the Washington Capitals that the Caps can control pace in. Would be a nice way to cut their teeth uh, after being on the shelf for such a long period of time. But let's just talk about how fucking incredible Nicholas Backstrom is right now. Uh, Alan May was talking in in the last game, post-game, that he is so impressed with Nicholas Backstrom's stride and his skating ability right now. Obviously, he had a hip resurfacing in, uh, operation, which involves going in, opening up the hip area, opening up your, like you know your groin area, cutting the top off like your your femur, and then recapping it with metal, and then the socket gets ground out, and then re put in with like an, a metal socket as well. So, um, this isn't, and, and we've covered this before, but this is like an operation that many pro athletes, almost all pro athletes never come back from, but will but Backstrom is back on a timeline of like an ACL injury, which is what Wilson sustained. So Wilson had to have ACL surgery, uh, which is a pretty common operation in professional sports, right? We hear about ACLs all the time, not so much about hip resurfacing for arthritis, for for early early onset arthritis from a hockey player. Now, the I mean, when this first broke and there was a lot of buzz around, you know, Backstrom might be done, he might never come back. Uh, those are all, you know, warranted concerns. But I said really early on, like, if there's anyone that can come back from this type of operations, absolutely Nick Backstrom. Um, you know, in all of his interviews, he says like, you know, I'm not going to delve into like how bad my life was for the past two years, but I'm in no pain, which is huge. Going through two years of pain on your hip has to, I mean that you can barely walk. I mean that hobbles you, your, your hip is, is literally the joint that holds your leg onto your body. That's going to be something that is, is not only going to affect your professional hockey career, but you're just quality of life in general. So on on that front, I'm happy for Nick. I'm, I'm glad that he is being able to be, you know an active involved parent and able to tie his shoes. those are the couple of examples in which he's given. Um, and but but when it comes to his skating ability <clears throat> and being in no pain after this and and having better range of motion and strength uh, in his stride, That's huge. Nick Backstrom for the past two years has been a slower player, and now we know it's been because of this, but there were stretches where he'd either got like, you know, cortisone or whatever, where he was somewhat pain-free, and when Nick Backstrom, you couple his, you know, insane talent, vision, hockey IQ, hands, and passing ability with an elite skating ability, which he has always had. Uh, ever since entering the league, he was never a speed a speedster by any means, but to have at least you know like an average speed of an nhlr or even above average speed of an nhlr mixed with his skill set is huge. Um, again, that leaves a ton of opportunity for the Washington Capitals to bring him back, and that's that's awesome and to climb the standings and continue to kick ass. Uh, I do worry about. Who's going to be waived or cut or moved down? You know, I think that um, w- with two guys coming back, we've got a decision to make on wing and we've got a decision to make on center. Um, you know, you've got Lars Eller hanging out. You've got Nick Dowd. You've got Kuznetsov and you've got Dylan Strom. Where does Nick Backstrom fit in? You have to think that he's going to take Kuznetsov's spot or Strom's spot, right? So second or first line. And... Who's the odd man out here? I'm sure a lot of Washington Capitals fans who are just, like, butthurt about Eller are going to say that he's the obvious choice. You know, um, I guess that would be the best one. Uh, Strom is a third-line center. Would be a pretty good addition. That would make the Caps super deep. Uh, but there could... they, You know, Lavulette and, and McClellan could also get pretty uh, creative as well. You know, um, they could have... You know, Bumpstrom out to a wing and then open up space there. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not sure. I do not envy McClellan here. I, I, I would think, though, that basically Protus would be the easiest to move around at this point. Uh, because I believe that he still has the availability to go down to the A. Which sucks because Protus has had an incredible season. But as far as just flexibility to move... That would be something um, that he could do. Uh, the Washington Capitals are going to be battling a bit of cap resistance here. So they can't just hold, you know, up <sighs> $10 million. They're just going to come back in the lineup into uh, their active day-to-day roster. So they're going to have to clear space somehow. Um, I think that, uh, uh, well, it's, it's either way, it's going to be a shit show. I, I don't think everybody's going to be happy off of this, but... When you have players of the caliber of Wilson and Baxter back, you make room. Additionally, though, think about this. I don't believe that like when Nick and 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 Tommy come back that it's gonna be like just uh they're back forever and that's it. I think that the Washington Capitals are gonna be putting a huge amount of scrutiny on their game to see, you know, what their what, what what they're comfortable comfortable how comfortable they are on the ice and where they're gonna slot in and if they need a game rest and go on IR again for a week two weeks a month it's gonna happen so there still could be some some flexibility there with getting guys on IR but you know currently we've got like nine million on the projected LTIR use and then uh but we're already over capped by life by, by several million. So it'll be very interesting to see who they send down. I think that they could clear immediate space by throwing guys who are like the, um, like Joe Snively down and, you know, you've got Abe Kubel, you've got guys that have been, that have been uh, kind of black aces for us all season. They may be able to make, make room there. Uh, you know, I look at a guy like Anthony Mantha though, and (laughs) seeing how he's not been terrible, but he's not been burying. And if you were to give me the option between Anthony Mantha and Tom Wilson, considering everybody else in the lineup is really contributing pretty, pretty handily there. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if I if I pick, I definitely wouldn't pick Mantha over Wilson, right? But you also have guys like Connor Sheary, Marcus Johansson. The Capitals may have to trade for picks or something to get to clear space. To be completely honest, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. We've got thirteen million on LTIR uh, with or on on just IR, and then plus uh, Backstrom's. Uh, s- Yeah. So in reality, we've got about 15 million. We got to clear to bring guys back. Unreal. Um, I hope it's the right decision. It would. And and the worst part about this, this spot, the Washington capitals are in is that if we do trade away assets and like Nick backstrom comes back and Wilson goes back and gets injured again, or just can't do it. Or, you know, maybe they don't play very well. I doubt that happens, but maybe they don't play very well after like five or ten games back. We're stuck with that lineup. Like we, if it comes down to trading to clear cap space. So um, definitely pivotal time. Let's just say it's a pivotal time right now. I'm happy to see these guys returning. Uh, I definitely think the team gets better with both these guys in the lineup. But looking at worst-case scenarios, it can get pretty bad for the Washington Capitals, especially if we end up selling assets to to clear the space all right we've talked about that enough can't wait to see him back Inter- and, and tons of stuff to be covering when when they do but let's get into the last three games for the washington capitals on the 29th the last game of the uh of the 2021 or 2022 year you've got uh Ottawa at home and it was a four to three overtime loss. The Caps really just came out flat in this one after having just an absolute banger of a December, getting outshot by double digits in the first period. Luckily for them, though, it was 0-0 tied into the second. To open scoring, Ovi was sprung for a breakaway and buried it five-hole. Shortly after, a nice play between Sherry and and Strome for a bury made it 2-0. What a shot from Strome there. Nice play and tenacity to get on the puck from Sherry. Uh, the Sins did fire back in the second, though, with a shot from the point that bounced off, I think it's Gustafson's knee and into our own net. But Kuzi answered that one shortly after with a goal of his own, just basically strutting into the zone, going into the slot and burying five hole, another five hole uh, goal on Talbot. Then some absolute bullshit fuckery happened with less than 20 seconds left in the second as Claude Giroux got the Sidney Crosby treatment uh, and blatantly tripped Kemper in his crease then backed up to the blue line, made a diving play on the outlet pass, retained possession, and dished to Stutzel for a breakaway on Kemper. Uh, What the hell? You know, Kemper was down and out. That should have been a penalty. I I don't understand why it wasn't. Claude Giroux clearly uh, pushed Kemper's feet out from under him, his one leg, and he fell. Uh, I I don't get that at all. I don't know what the fucking refs were doing it was just a, uh, you know, bad all around bad outlet pass, uh, bad officiating. And, you know, you can't blame Kemper on a breakaway goal. So that sucked. The third saw chances both ways until a three on two for Ottawa resulted in a tying goal. It sent the game into overtime. And then in overtime, Kuznetsov enters this offensive zone, got jammed up with like literally everyone on the ice, except for the Ottawa Senators players. Uh, which turned into a 2 on 0 Giroux and a Brinkett on Kimper, and they didn't miss. We almost got away with playing 30 minutes and winning. Unfortunately, we couldn't get over that three goal threshold, and, and Ottawa was able to steal the game. But the ever important loser point paid off here, um, as again, that is a bit of a four point swing if the Washington Capitals do end up falling into a wild card spot, which they are currently in. Uh, the first wild card spot. So, you know, not great. Uh, would have loved to steal these four points from Ottawa just to make sure, but it just it didn't happen. Moving on a uh, couple days later. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. That that was not the, uh, the last game, the 29th. The 31st on New Year's Eve, Montreal, at home at 4 p.m. Uh, just an absolute gong show by the Washington Capitals. Ovechkin had a hat trick. Um, it, it started at puck drop and just never stopped, uh, absolute ass kicking doled out by the Washington Capitals. You love to see it after they lay an egg against Ottawa. I mean, it's a really great game to come back and, and just dominate again. Montreal is in the hunt for that wild card spot. The caps overall play was sloppy for stretches, but didn't matter as they, as they just filled the net, filled the net nine goals in one game. That's crazy. Uh, two goals by the, from the fourth line from Hathaway and Dowd. Gustafson extending his scoring streak to seven games at 13 points in that run. Uh, he had a goal and two assists in this game alone. Amazing. He's really come to his own with John Carlson out of the lineup. He's been getting a lot of ice time and a lot of that offensive uh, water that he's had to carry for the whole team on the blue line. Uh, shout out Anthony Mantha for an assisted goal. He's good for that, so I'm glad to see him bury But Stroman Mojo also buried, uh, the depth scoring from everywhere has everywhere, like every line this game scored, the D scored. I mean, it was just, uh, impressive all around. The Habs are just no contest here, defensively bad and just not enough juice to, to put, uh, puts, put goals up on this caps team. So a really great game, great answer after Ottawa, um, Montreal in a bit of turmoil this whole game and a really good win nine to two victory. Moving on to yesterday's game again. I'm recording on Wednesday, so yesterday's games game versus Buffalo was a five to four overtime loss. Uh, here again, and that's a four point swing. Lucky to get it, make it you know three points. We got the one one point, so that's good. Um, But it was an offensive game both ways this night. The Caps were sloppy in the first again, which seems to be an underlying theme. Uh, You know, when the Caps come out firing on all cylinders and can continue it through the game, they usually win. Obviously, when they come out sloppy in the first, it really puts them behind the ball. And this one did. It resulted in a Tage Thompson dish to Tuck for a berry. You know, uh, we'll give Tuck a pass, though. Because he couldn't bury on the same play on Holpe, and he'll never live that down in the playoffs in 2018. What a sucker. Luckily, Sonny Milano, though, was on his horse and earned himself a breakaway goal to tie it up, all in the first. Uh, But not all roses as Tage Thompson again finding the score sheet, but this time as a goal on the power play from the OV spot. Man, Tage Thompson is a fucking stud. He's big. He's kind of a little bitch. I mean, I saw him uh, <laughs> try to put Eller in a headlock. You know, he's slashing and, and things like that. He's a big guy, though. Real strong. Incredible release. He can skate. He can make plays. I mean, someone who came out of absolutely nowhere, it seems, uh, and and is just lighting the league up right now. Second in goal scoring overall. Uh, right behind Connor McDavid and only two goals out. Two goals ahead of Ovi, who's third. Pretty crazy. Uh he's literally the only guy on my fantasy team that's doing anything. And even though I'm like winless this season, so I'm sure that everybody else is pretty pissed that I'm holding him. Uh, who's playing against me. <laughs> um, speaking of Tage Thompson, though, into the second, he scored again in the second, finding a soft spot and coverage in the slot and just lightning quick release to the roof. But Ovi retaliated with a, go- a goal of his own off the faceoff, which was an absolute beauty. The caps were still down three to two though. In the third, Sonny Milano, again, tons of energy came down the near boards, uh, incredible effort down the near boards, the shot off the goal that went right to Nick Dowd stick, who was promoted to the second line with this or, or third line. I'm not sure which, you know, which line it was at this point because lavulette has, uh, definitely shown that he's quick to pull the trigger on throwing the lines in the blender. Um, but he was, this, he was on the second line with Oshie and Milano for this one, uh, and a great goal to tie it up. Nick Dowd is on an absolute heater. I believe it's like seven goals in the past 13. I mean, for a fourth liner, for a first liner, that's amazing. For a fourth liner, utterly incredible. Later uh, in the third, Ovi scored again after being fed from behind uh, the net by Connor Shiri. This gave us the 4-3 lead. But halfway through the third, the Sabres said never say die and evened up with a failure to clear from the Caps and some tremendous pressure in the offensive zone from the Sabres. At the end of the third, there were a couple of bad tripping penalties committed by Kuznetsov and Eller, though the Caps were able to kill the 5-on-3 and then kill the remainder of the 5-on-4 or the 4-on-3 that resulted as it spilled over into the overtime period. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know, get your pitchforks and torches out for a Lars Eller, all you all you Lars Eller haters. Unfortunately, a broken play behind our net saw the puck pushed deep by Kemper to the D, and then back behind the net to Eller, who then tried to like reverse it again, being pressured from behind from Tuck. Uh, for some reason, um, it was. I don't know why, what, what he was thinking there, probably just trying to get a guy into space because the forward was on his side and out of the zone. He could have either skated it or just passed it up. Um, and so he tried to reverse it. Tuck picked that up and dished right to Tage Thompson, who's in front for the game winner and the completed hat trick. So Tage Thompson with the Hattie, Ovi with two goals. Pretty brutal pretty, pretty brutal loss. But again, the silver lining here is that the Washington Capitals did receive a loser point uh, from it all. So, you know, pretty tough loss. Buffalo is definitely on a heater right now. Ovechkin's got 806 goals. And, you know, he scored in the losses, so I guess it's not that bad. <laughs> you know, but honestly, I, I don't see a lot of that, 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 uh oh, well, we lost, but Ovi scored sentiment right now. I think that everyone can see the Washington Capitals are a much different team from last year. I believe, and I said this before, that the Washington Capitals of this year are probably the best iteration of the team that we've seen since 2018. We're deep. We're getting guys back like Wilson and Backstrom. I mean, I think that the sky's the limit for this team. I think that if we can get into the playoffs, at, like that mid-range, like on the third spot, or even uh, you know the last wild card spot, or the the first wild card spot, but like ideally, like the number three position, uh, the Washington Capitals may have a chance to go deep, uh, definitely past the first round, I would think. So that's uh, that's my take on the on the team this far. Right now, every Eastern Conference opponent is is a, a four game swing for the Caps. Like, we need to take the Eastern Conference opponents super serious, and it needs to be a playoff like uh, effort. I think we saw flashes of that against Ottawa and against Buffalo. Definitely, I think that we can kick out as good as the Montreal game was. Let's kick that out because that was an absolute anomaly. We just abs- we just rolled through them, um, and. That's not going to happen every night. It's not sustainable, right? As we, as you can see, with the uh, the the two losses in overtime before and after the Montreal game. But even Philadelphia really isn't out, uh, totally out of the playoff picture. If you if you really want to stretch, they're 11 points behind the last wild card spot, with over 40 games to play. Uh, Florida, Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh are all under under, or outside looking in in the playoff picture. But you look at those teams, you know, Florida, Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. Those are all, you know, Buffalo is no longer the team that was just absolute dog shit in the past. They've really turned the corner. They've got these new young guys. They're young. They're fast. They're uh, buying into the system. They're playing for each other. Pittsburgh, I guess you can never count them out. They're... Outside looking in by like two points. And then Florida, who, you know, got a new bench boss, still has a lot of high powered talent, you know, has been a handful for the league the past couple of years, has fallen off a little bit, especially with the trades that they did in the offseason. But I don't, I, I can't in good conscience count them out either. So really, the Atlantic right now is scary, <laughs> and uh, you know obviously there's there's the the there's Pittsburgh and the Islanders that are right there on the cusp. The Rangers seem to be you know on a roll, and then of course there's the two stalwarts, New Jersey and and Carolina, who've been owning the Metro. So we're in an, a unique position right now as Caps fans, and especially for me covering the Caps. It's been a long time since we've been sweating the playoffs with more than half the season to go. Barely more than half the season. We're about at the half half mark. We've got 41, 40 games in. But it's an exciting time to be covering the Caps. But as a fan, it's totally nerve-wracking because nothing's guaranteed. Uh in life, but even less so than in the past when the Caps were just a shoe in to get in the playoffs, and then okay, they shit the bet in the first round. At this point, the shoe into the playoffs is out the door, they might not even get in. Uh, but I do believe that when the Washington Capitals are playing well, um, we've seen their potential and they're world beaters at, at the top level. Adding Backstrom, adding Wilson, I think that's just going to help. So I want to say it's only up from here, but I don't know. Uh, But I'm feeling in my plums, deep in my plums, that it's only up from here, folks. So next week on the 5th, which would be today when you're listening to this, if you're listening uh, on release day, we've got Columbus at Columbus um, at, at 7 p.m. And then we go home the next day to play Nashville at 7 p.m. as well and then on the 6th and then on the 8th. Columbus again at five. The Washington Capitals need to pick up six points here. A six-point week right here would be huge. Um, it would, at very least, keep pace with the rest of, of the division. Um, or, I mean, at, at very worst, keep pace with the rest of the division. At very best, get us into a division playoff spot. So I'm saying the Washington Capitals are going to go 3-0. and They're going to win all three games, and they should win all three of these games. Uh, especially if, and and uh, and I'm 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 really looking out for these guys to return and light it up. So, Caps fans, that's my prediction. The Caps are looking good. Not the exact result that we wanted this last week, but no regulation losses. So it wasn't for an all for naught. It was uh, still a productive week going into what is seemingly a very easy three game stretch and a pretty chill January. Um, we should be able to, you know, continue our momentum. And, you know, if you look at how the Washington Capitals in the past have performed, you know, they maybe they start out good or bad. They catch fire through the middle rain of the season, like where we're at now. And then they kind of secure the playoff spot either by leading the division or being so far away from the competition that it's, it's their guaranteed end almost. And then they kind of peter off into the playoffs. What I'd love to see is the Washington Capitals right now start to catch absolute fire, reach to new highs, and then absolutely dominate down the stretch, riding high going into the playoffs so that you don't have to turn anything on. It's already, it's already been running. So that's my take, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in. Love you, mean it. Uh, I'll see you on Monday. We'll, we'll be doing back to the regular schedule on Monday. And then I'm working on interviews for that Thursday. So hope you had a great New Year's. Here's a 2023 when the Washington Capitals are going to win the Stanley Cup, right? <laughs> All right. Until Monday, Hockey Troll, it off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Church Podcast, repping the greatest team in the Show. Follow me, The Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to The Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.